Hello and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And what's our happy news of the week? I know it's not ocean related. It's not, it's land related, but okay. So I want you to, in your mind, go back to when you were growing up. Did you ever, cause you grew up in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up uh, mainly in Kansas and in Kansas, I remember driving and always having like a ton of bugs all over my windshield. Did you have the same? Whenever you were like driving from city to city. I mean, in Colorado, it was never that bad, but I had a lot of family in Wisconsin and those bugs were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I noticed like every time I go back, I drove uh, maybe like a four hour drive from one city to another about a month ago in Kansas. And I had like three bugs on my windshield. (gasps) Yeah. There's so few now. And it was shocking to me because I'm like, it's prime, like happy bug land in the Midwest, but there were so few bugs. Um, so this has to do with our bugs who are important, (laughs) even though they sometimes totally freak me out. They do good things. Sometimes they're the absolute worst, Yeah, but sometimes they're the best, right? It's just, they do things that we don't see. (laughs) Um, so the California court rules for protection of insects as endangered species. Ooh, okay. Yes. So a court ruled this week that the California endangered species act, um, will apply to invertebrates now, including insects. Which also, I didn't realize that we'd never included insects as endangered. I guess I didn't either. That seems kind of interesting. Yeah. I feel like we put a lot of emphasis on bees nowadays, which we do. I love. Love us some bees. Yeah. But I guess I would have thought they were on some kind of list already. I did too, but they're not until now. Um, so an estimated 28% of all bumblebees in North America are at risk of extinction. <gasps> yeah. But one third of our food production depends on these pollinators. Yeah, we need them. We need them. But I didn't realize that we didn't think of bees as endangered. Wow, I guess me neither. Yeah, so that wasn't a thing and now it is. Oh, I love that though. Yeah. Go bees. Bees. (laughs) (laughs) They can do it. Change the world. Change the world, bees. (laughs) Um, Aw, good. Yep, bees. I love them. So this week, we are going to be talking about the Galapagos marine iguana. And I feel like, so you have recently done an episode on sea snakes. Mm -hmm. And originally, these were going to be together episodes. So we each picked a marine reptile that we wanted to talk about. But they were both super interesting. So we split them up. And I feel like Galapagos marine iguanas do show up on my Instagram quite a bit. I see some some cute iguana photos. Yeah, they're kind of majestic in the water. They're they're I like them. I do too, which is funny because halfway through this, I'm going to tell you that they have not always been revered as beautiful like we think. Maybe our standards have been lowered over the years, (laughs) but I love that. I I could watch an iguana swim for like hours. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, this is a species of iguana only found in Ecuador in the Galapagos islands, hence their name. Okay. The only marine lizard in the whole world. Wait. So like the iguanas that I see, oh, I guess when I think about it, they don't, I've always seen them on land Yeah. when I see them in like the Caribbean. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. These are the only ones that spend time in the water. Okay. Yeah. Well, on purpose, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
They are believed to have evolved from land iguanas 4.5 million years ago and adapted to sea life to survive living among the islands. Ah. So when they arrived there, that's when they started to evolve. Okay. So um, they feed on red and green algae, which is awesome. And large males can dive up to 65 feet. Oh my God. I know. Gosh. (laughs) And they can hold their breath for up to 30 minutes. So they're like ridiculous little free divers. Yeah. They can dive to 60. I'm sorry. Like, let's just think about that for a second. 65 feet. I know a lot of people who struggle to get to 65 feet. Right. Can you imagine being at 20 meters and looking around and there's an iguana that just swims past you? I'd be like, what the heck? You're just sitting there like bebopping around in your scuba suit and all of a sudden a lizard goes (laughs) Now I really want that to happen. I know, me too. It's really (laughs) bad. (laughs) Blake and Chelsea here. We are so excited to announce that we are now a positive impact partner with Waterlust. Waterlust creates eco-responsible sun protective apparel to help fund, research, and educate the world about environmental conservation. We've been carefully searching for companies to support, and we truly believe that Waterlust and Save the Mermaid's visions are in complete alignment. They have leggings, sunsuits, and tons of other clothing options in the coolest patterns you'll ever see, like the whale shark pattern, the parrotfish pattern, the abalone pattern. <laughs> we, ha- we seriously can't pick a favorite. <laughs> no. <laughs> we love to rep it, especially while we're out on the water. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and click on the Waterlust clothing tab to support your favorite causes, your favorite podcast, and look sexy as fuck doing it. But please, seriously, make sure you go through our website so that we can get some street cred and some snacks. Uh, yes, 30 minute breath hold and 65 freaking feet. Wow. I don't know. And all majestically, they live in groups on the rocky shores. So they don't live in the water, but they are super adept to being in the water. They spend a lot of their time there. Okay. So um, their status is threatened due to El Nino, introduced predators, and oil spills that happen a lot around there. I know. I really hate that. And they're so localized. Like they're a lot like the axolotls are only found in that one lake. Right. The Galapagos marine iguana is only found in these islands. Okay. It makes sense that once they are threatened, it's going to go quick. Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, Early. This is, this is why it's funny that we think they're beautiful. Early reports of them describe them as quote, (laughs) so ugly, so disgusting in appearance that no one on board the ship could be prevailed on to take them as food, unquote. They have been called imps of darkness. <laughs> and I don't know if these are like, maybe they've evolved to be beautiful. Or and like I said, our bar has dropped significantly. And maybe because we understand it. Maybe. An and imp of darkness. imps of darkness. I mean, they have a funky head. But I think they look like, I've seen, maybe these travelers, especially if these are like Europeans writing it, there's not a lot of lizards in Europe. So they probably haven't seen an animal that looks like this compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, if you're in Australia, you've probably seen some imps of darkness and you're not really shocked (laughs) about this little one with a cute little 
yeah hair thingy because there are actual imps of darkness in Australia. <laughs> so I also think too that their majesticness really do comes from watching them swim yeah so these people weren't obviously they weren't like underwater they were just explorers. see them as a food source and they're like not gonna eat that that's creepy yeah like mm, no thanks no thanks <laughs> I'll go hungry ah. yeah imps of darkness I was like nah imps just the I know maybe it's the way a GoPro makes them look but I swear every time I see one I'm like that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen yeah um so what they look like is they have a really thick body a flat tail blunt snouts and can be up to about four feet long which is fucking huge I didn't realize (laughs) I've I've always seen them as like one maybe two Mm -hmm. I did not imagine them as four Four freaking feet feet yeah it's like taller than some of my free diving students you know <laughs> it's like that's like bigger than some people I know yeah as cool as it would be to see one at 65 feet as a scuba diver if it was up. close to my size I would yeah yeah and be like ah, ah, <laughs> yeah that's creepy yeah. that's big uh-huh um they live between 12 to 60 years which is just the biggest range wow <laughs> you know you're either gonna live not so long or really long huh? Um, females prefer larger males and can lay one to six eggs at a time. Okay. So again, kind of contributing to that slow reproductive rate where they're endangered, well, threatened. It's hard to keep up in terms of reproduction. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Fun fact time. They can sneeze out excess salt that their body collects while they dive. (gasps) I wish I could do that. I'm always so salty girl. Yeah. So we were doing our scuba exercises and we did the like flooding the mask thing, (laughs) flood your mask and look up and get it all out of there. And the amount of salt that goes to the back of your throat, like, I wish I could just come up and sneeze it all out and go back down. That's such a great idea. Somebody needs to invent a way to make that happen. They would make bank in terms of divers. I always love how the salt clears out my sinuses. Um, but it's a process mm-hmm. and I don't look the most attractive while snotting <laughs> all over the ocean for the first 10 minutes of a dive. Apparently neither do the iguanas, <laughs> <laughs> but they get it done. How? So that's cool. cool. Yeah. Cute little ocean baby. Uh, nymphs of nymphs of darkness. Nymphs of darkness. <laughs> I feel like there are so many things we've talked about that would be a nymph of darkness and iguanas are not one like a same. vampire squid yeah. or like, like I get imp, like imps. I cannot say that word. <laughs> I keep thinking of a nymph. Oh, I see what like you're a doing. Nymph yeah. of darkness, but mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what keeps happening in my brain. Not an imp. <laughs> an imp of darkness. Did you know, I have seen that people eat iguanas in Florida. No. People eat a lot. Of, they're invasive. So oh, it's like, okay. well, I guess that makes iguana hunting sense. is like a good thing in that area, I guess. But but to eat them, yeah. I so what I it's like I don't know. I don't. I get why the sailors were looking at that and they're like, I don't think I want to eat that. I understand. Yeah, how that happened in their brain because I don't think I would want to eat that. No, and like I guess thinking about all reptiles, they don't look the most appetizing. Appetizing. Yeah, I'm like, especially if fish. it's sneezing salt. <laughs> It's like, ugh. <laughs> <Yuck>. Wow. <laughs> so I get it. But it's kind of sad. Yeah. Those poor little babies. Little babies. No. Cute. Like the champiest of champ free divers. Yeah. I can't believe 65 feet. I can't either. And a 30 minute breath hold. For the tiny yeah, like 30 minute breath hold. It's a lizard. How big can its lungs really be? Yeah. 
apparently big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why the girls like the big ones. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mm-hmm.